What's up, gentlemen? Hello. How's it going? Howdy. Excellent. Mike and Steve, back. The DJ. So, since last we <laughs> talked, the world has started to, um, as I think we had all given a consensus to, started to unravel a little bit, would you say? There are, there's like little paint chips coming off, it's revealing, revealing the rust beneath. Yeah, little, little cracks are forming. That's for sure. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think it's like one of those things where you're, you're walking around the house, it mostly looks fine, but the things that you're seeing are like, that looks expensive. Like, I, I don't mm. know. <laughs> That's just the, I'm just looking at the, uh, you know, just the tip of the iceberg with respect to whatever that is, but that's going to cause me a lot. Yeah. yeah. And you, like, you I got termites. Like, no, no, is I this water termites. damage? Is this water damage? Oh, no. Mold and termites. <laughs> hmm. But I was saying, I think the most uh, disturbing thing that I heard all week was that Mike is interviewing for a job. Yeah. First that first is... time in over 15 years I'm interviewing <laughs> for jobs. Jesus. <laughs> so you haven't written like a CV in forever. Yeah, over a decade. So I, I that, that was step one. I had to get my resume together. So you're CV. you're willfully walking back, marching back into what did you call us? Like W two wage cucks or? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't use those words, but you kept uh, me crawling back. Kept me crawling mean. back <laughs> right, to right. corporate life. Yeah, I mean, no, but I seriously, just, seriously, take take I, us through the like why. Um. So oh, it's been over a year. It's been almost a year and a half since I've done any kind of work. Uh, other than hobbies. Uh, so, I mean, it, I, like, if I wait, if I waited any longer to, well, first of all, I should mention, I'm also starting a, a another consulting company with some uh, associates of mine. So that's kind of going on in parallel. Those usually take six months to a year to spin up as well. So in the meantime, I've been setting up my resume kind of opportunistically. Um, I'm not like just spamming it out to everything that you know, everything that I see, but, um, yeah, it has been over a year and a half since I've worked. And if I wait any longer to like get the wheels in motion, then it's going to turn into two years. And then of course that'll turn into three then four, then who knows. Right. So, I mean, I guess this is, this is more of just like, I know myself better than, or I, I mean, I just know myself, right. If I, if I keep loafing and like pretending to do stuff, uh, it's good. It's going to end up with me getting into a bad, bad spot. <laughs> so, so is this, is this like a fear over, okay, if I don't do something soon, then I'll be unemployable somehow, or is it just, I'll be, I'll just be like too degenerate like uh, in, both. in life terms. Okay. Both. Okay. Fair. I mean, one year is pretty easy to explain, especially after you sold a business, like everyone yeah, of course, get, of course. gets Everybody's that. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they might even feel a little envious, but, um, yeah. but like, you know, two years you could say, yeah, well, you know, here's what I did the first year, which was basically nothing. And then here's what I did the second year, which was like self-teach, yeah. self-learn, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And here I am. But like, if you keep pushing beyond that, people are going to be like, what the fuck were you doing? Like, what? Like, why are you coming back now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Oh. I've, been, I've been just sort of like, I took a year off, basically. And I, my year off got extended by a little bit because that year, that year coincided with the... Uh, with COVID, with the beginning of COVID. <laughs> yeah. And so when I decided to go back to work, uh, COVID had, you know, thrown, I remember like I went to go interview 
funny funnily enough at Credit Suisse. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then they, you know, I was about to just start, you know, they're just gonna spin me up and I was gonna start working. But then COVID hit and it was like another three months before they figured out, you know, okay, you're gonna work here, but it's gonna be remote and all this stuff. And uh I remember that year was like uh I don't Mike, I don't know how you're you experienced it, but like I I never had like a truly I never had like that true experience of like you know retirement level relaxation cuz one I always knew that I would have to get back into the game at some point and two I don't know I just couldn't get myself into the true like non-working rhythm I I would always at night worry about you know dude you know you got to get up early and start looking for a job you got to do something with, you know like yeah, I would I would, I would still have that voice in my head sort of me. like latent anxiety about yeah. Just, what are you going to yeah. do? I could never yeah. truly just fucking chill. I would put yeah. it this way. You're either set for life or you're not, right? And I'm most decidedly not. <clears throat> most people aren't, even if they do sell a company um, or come across some other kind of windfall. They're not set for life. So there's always that thought in the back of your mind that, you know, you know I was like doing mental math. Like, <laughs> how long could this money last me realistically? Like, I would think about that once or twice a week. Mm. And then... Um, yeah, and I was also planning on like doing an extended vacation, like to maybe Southeast Asia, like for two or three months or something. But I, I went for because I think I mentioned this before. My buddy got divorced, and so I met him at some island in Thailand for a couple of weeks. Um, and like, divorced guy goes to Thailand. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll tag along. Um, and while I was there, I was like, dude, I don't, I don't think I could just like hang out for two or three months in some tropical location. I don't, why not? I don't really want why to. Not? Cause it's, well, okay. I, I guess also you had already been kind of like just loafing for a year by that. Yeah. Point, well, uh, so. you're probably about six months at that point, but okay. dude, it's, it's like the same shit over and over every, every single day. It's not, you know, cause you're doing literally nothing except looking at kind of like land, work <laughs> landscape. Yeah. Uh, it's like wherever you go, there you are. Right. So it's, yeah. Oh, and, and, by, and by the way, uh, I, I can say as, as somebody who is employed, uh, I still think about this. How long did this money last me? Right. Like it's, at least, at least three times a week. Yeah. If you're not like, so. you know, if you don't have a perpetual trust, trust fund, you're, you're going to think about that. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like the substrate of existence in, in our society. So I've, come to a, I've, I've kind of come to like, I don't know, uh, some kind of realization about that recently though, like as somebody who has legitimately daydreamed and crunch the numbers on retirement and squinted around it and been like, you know what, maybe I really could if I also, if I didn't have kids, but like, I, I think my new point of view on this is that you always got to do something. I always got to do something. You always got to do something. Like, even if it's not, look, if you, if you, if you have like some kind of super high paying, high powered job, right. In, in, in kind of like in this era and you're like, Oh, I got to keep doing this guy, keep doing this guy, keep doing this. And you know what? Some well, okay. Also, part of me thinks that like the era of just doing that forever, for like the forty years of your career, is probably really over. Just given how quickly, rapidly things change and 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 so on. But like, you always just got to do something, right? Like, even if it's gonna be, you're gonna go from getting paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to like. 50 grand a year or something like that, right? Just doing something completely different or 20 grand a year in some other country, just doing something completely different. You always got to do something. Yeah, that's even just to stay should, away from boredom. It's funny you should mention that. So the, the jobs 
the, the well, so I'm getting pretty far into the interview process with this one job. And it's, it's like, a, it's definitely a step down in pay from what I used to make. Um, and it's also not as technical as what I used to do. So it's basically like a, like basically a technical liaison slash account executive kind of position. Mm-hmm. And I, I mm-hmm. think that's what I'm going to be shooting for going forward. Cause I, I really don't want or need to make as much money as I used to. And I really don't want the pressure of like being the fucking guy that is like, you know, the tech hero kind of guy. I just don't need that shit in my life anymore. Mm. But you got to do something. Yeah. It's all, yeah, no, it, it's fair. Like even, and who knows? Like, I, I think part of, part of it is also five years from now, maybe you will, maybe something will change. Right. And you'll say, yeah. like, okay, now I'm going to go back on the, back on the corporate ladder climb or, or whatever. Right. Or something right. comes up. Right. Like but you gotta like be, with, you gotta be there doing it. Like what teens doing right <clears throat> now is, is he's like maximizing his income for a push into retirement, yeah. right? Like I might yeah. be doing that in a few years. Yeah. yeah, like a final push. Though you know, ever since are I, you going to retire? Though that's what that's what I want. You know, I, you know what? I don't know. I think I've just decided. Like, I'm just going to think in five year chunks because that that seems to five years is like exactly between a long time and not a long time. Right? <laughs> it, it's I don't know why five years just to me is like on the one hand you're like wow five years, and on the other hand you're like yeah it's not five years. And I don't I have no idea what's going to what I'm going to be like in four and a half years looking six months ahead. Right. I have no idea. But I would say that ever since I started, I spun myself back up into like firm life. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that, you know, one thing I've noticed is like if your goal is to relax, you know, to find like, you know, to be able to put like all the you know anxious shit like aside, even temporarily. You've got to be get exhausted. Like you've got to, like you said, you've got to do something because you you cannot live a life of constant relaxation. It is, it, it's like relaxation can only exist as you know repose from work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you do no yeah. work, you can't yeah. relax. You know, yeah. it is defined yeah. in opposition to the yeah, effort. And I realized based- the harder a, a week that I had, the more just like zoned out I can get on the weekend and I don't have to really think about anything. Cause I'm like, it's I know exactly of, what I'm going to have to yeah. do on Monday. So I don't, I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm not, this, yeah, it's not an open question. I if just, you got, no, if you have nothing to do, your baseline just gets reset. And then you're like, it, mm. it's, it's almost like the opposite of a hedonic treadmill. It's like a, <laughs> the relaxation treadmill. You don't really have any, like everything's just the same all the time. Yeah. So it, it yeah, it's especially like, we're not, you know, I, I think we're all under 50. So, like we're still in prime earning years, you know what I mean? So it's like it's kind of a waste yeah. to just do nothing. That's why it honestly, is. I'm not sure being loaded is problem free. Not to say that I wouldn't choose to be loaded if you asked me, but I would say that having so much money that you know, working is just irrational. Uh I'm not sure that that's No, is I I mean I think price free. I'm saying it comes with a cost. It comes to the cost. Like even if you like take some crazy number, like you got fifty million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That comes with its own. That's a responsibility. It's an asset and a liability. <laughs> right? It's like that. That guy's busier than somebody with like twenty bucks in the bank. So. Yeah, you know. they just you know it's just it just comes with a you know 
all, all the pro- all the problems that a working stiff has, yeah, sure, this person is freed from them. But I feel like they just get elevated to the next level of problems, and their next mm, level yeah. problems, by yeah, which yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. they're even more intractable. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, this is a different. This is a different game that you're playing. It's a different right? game, it but never it sounds ends. like it existential shit. And of all it the people ends. who are least capable of dealing with that existential shit is someone who's never worked a day in their life yeah you know? no, i mean no amount of money can get rid of the human condition it's just, yeah of course it's yeah, just of course. like even if you think about it like okay what would you do if you have infinite money all right or if you're like a billionaire or something like that people don't people don't just like be like oh, okay i'm gonna just go and chill and play golf or whatever they go into politics or something right like they want power now there's always something right there's always some unachievable thing so the conclusion is you always got to do something just, just, it sounds corny, but like the, the like the self improvement shit about just like try to make some little bit of progress every day and be better than yourself the previous day or whatever is is actually true. I think. Yeah, yeah I just sure. in my year off, I never, I never achieved true relaxation the way that I can in you know in in li- for limited periods when I'm really when I'm really zipping along because. In the in the few hours or whatever on the weekends or whatever when you do decide to zone out, mm-hmm. um, you know whatever amount of time you can find. For me, that's a decent amount of time. For parents, it might be a little less, but you can still find it. You know, you're all those like when I was when I was my year off. Like you realize there's like voices in your head, you know, that are constantly compelling you to to go make something of yourself or do something or stop wasting your time or like what do you just you can't just sit here, man. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. One, one thing is for sure, though, I will be taking more vacations in in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're you're yeah. a business owner, you can't you can't really yeah exactly do that right. But yeah, but it feels so much better, doesn't it? When you're like when you've exhausted yourself and you're like, "Yep, time for me to go on vacation." Yeah, because definitely. like when you're on vacation, all those voices are still there, but you just swat them down like flies. Going, what are you talking about? Oh, it's 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 you're so like, easy you- to ignore them. Yeah, you're like, what are you talking right. about? I worked my ass off for the past six months, okay? Uh, I'm not fucking listening to this shit. And then you just, you know, you pound another rum. He's <laughs> like, whatever, it, man. It bother you. It's like, it's, it's like, like, you know. Those problems, those problems are 4,000 kilometers away and I'm in the Caribbean. Dude, what are you talking <laughs> about? You got to get, I, dude, I've been nonstop working. All right? Shut the fuck up. You know, it just, you can't achieve that level of, of, you know, just, internal peace <laughs> if you haven't you know if you haven't ground if you weren't having been grinding you know what i mean I yeah, it's know. the bad times that make the good times feel good yeah it really is yeah exactly so i don't know but speaking of bad times speaking of speaking of bad times now we've yeah, like you said, it's it's it looks like we've got an expensive problem on our hands. I mean, so far the world hasn't fallen apart. I had my weekend destroyed because I was working on some Silicon Valley Bank related stuff. Oh, <laughs> nice! It. You are you. I gotta say, you are everywhere. Like, didn't you were you were involved in the previous financial collapse as well? Were you not? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was. I was working on Bear Stearns and Lehman. Uh, BSSLT. I remember BSSLT. I forgot what the Lehman trusts were called, um, but we were putting out the Bear Stearns and Lehman residential mortgage bond, mm-hmm. private label. That was, that was me. Label. You know, like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I was very uh, front and center to that. And um, this this SVB thing, I'm not front and center to. This is more just like everyone I feel like <clears throat> was working in the financial sector was impacted by that that weekend because um, everyone had some exposure 
here or there to yeah. SVB, even if small. Yeah, or they had to just yeah. look at their own shit and figure out and, and just figure where it out. our yeah. exposure yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we've been looking at our sort of counterparty risk as well. Yeah, just to make sure there's no no nothing too nothing too wild. It does yeah, feel. Yeah. I, I mean, like it hasn't it hasn't gone as crazy as 2008, but we're you know we're still kind of. This isn't like when Lehman went down. This is kind of like when Bear Stearns went down. So we're in March of we're in March 08, not September 08, if that's the the kind of analog so far. Yeah, this might be a bear. I think Credit Suisse is kind of a Bear Stearns situation a little bit, huh? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. UBS playing the part of JP Morgan, I guess. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. It rhymes, but it's not going to be the same thing. It's not going to be the same thing. Yeah. I, I think, like, the you know, the big difference this time is look how fast. Okay. So the first TARP vote failed. I don't know if you remember this team, but like, I the, do. The, I do. Yeah. Like, like and, and, and they had it. You know, they you, had another one right away. They're just like, yeah, no, it's like it you're just watching C-SPAN, right? And watching yep. the S&P is like, oh, 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 no, this, this is not going well. This is not going well. Um, <laughs> and meanwhile, you know, and they, they were kind of like all sanctimonious about not bailing out the private sector and, and what have you. Um, but this time, Switzerland is like over the weekend, just like massively changes laws, wipe out the the AT1s, uh, the cocoa bonds, right? And just be like, yeah, okay, we're, we're taking uh, we're taking this bank. Merging into that other bank, and the national, uh, the the central bank is just going to like give them a slush fund. Done. Now and it's Swiss, literally Swiss National Bank. So Switzerland they created yeah. they created an entire the cocoa thing sounds like a complete disaster. So they basically oh, created a a, the, a a layer a sub basement in the capital stack below equity, and this was a result of a wait. Right. What does that even mean? Who would invest below equity? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think it's just that? like I, I think this was just like well, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't. Switzerland just like ruined their banking of... reputation. Switzerland did like ruined their banking reputation in the span of one year, from the Russian thing all the way up until now. It's just trashed. Oh, they gave up. They gave up something else like a couple of years back under U.S. pressure as well. Maybe like oh, the, almost ten years. Yeah, ago. the tax, the tax, tax stuff. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're just uh, getting leaned on left, right, yeah. and center, right. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't actually know if these cocos were because of 08 or because of the European debt crisis, like a couple of years after that. But like the whole the whole idea was to just create some kind of layer of capital that you could force convert into equity, right? So that because the whole thing was yeah yeah okay it was, it was something in in Europe. It was the whole they thing. They didn't was convert into equity. They were just wiped. They didn't out. convert they, to equity. They, they didn't wrote, get anything. They, yeah, basically they bankrupt. Like Credit Suisse literally defaulted, got completely wiped to zero, and then the carcass got picked up. They just took for, the money. <laughs> for literally 75 Swiss cents a share or something like that, right? Unbelievable stuff. It's unbelievable it's stuff. So like all these cocoa bonds and, and the ECB or the uh, whatever European regulator, right? Um, literally had to come out like the next day and say like, yeah, we're never going to do that in Europe. Like in the Eurozone. Because it, it was just, it was it was actually kind of from, from like a sort of, I guess, capital stack you know, there's like a precedence in the capital stack, right? About how you're supposed to handle all this stuff. It was really, yeah. really ugly. They just threw it out the window and took the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, these are not how terms. the rules are supposed to work. All right, let's let's take a walk through as inspectors, you know, would a house, and you know, let's walk through what was going on. And is, is there an underlying problem? You know, like, you know, it seems random. Like SVB doesn't seem connected to. It's a different world than Credit Suisse and UBS or whatever, Swiss banking. But, like, why these two, you know? And I, is it contagion? 
Because I don't know if there's anything linking SVB with Credit Suisse in per se, right? I don't think there well, is. Don't no, forget, not, don't forget about the other. Don't forget about the other two: the Silvergate and uh, what's the one? Signature First, First Republic, First Republic, and, and yeah. First Republic. Yeah, but even so, then, I mean, you're talking about these sort of like regional banks in the United States, and you're talking about Credit Suisse, and I don't think that they were linked in terms yeah. of like, it wasn't yeah, those, like they had exposures to SVB that brought them down, right? No, I don't. I don't think there's a transatlantic link, but people no, in the crypto, I, yeah, people in the crypto space are saying that Signature and Silvergate were definitely brought down because the U.S authorities just don't like the fact that they were dealing in crypto and svb too to a limited extent since they were like the depository uh like venture de- you know like people yeah venture people deposited, deposited their venture the capital US into didn't, those banks. But, the, but it's not like the government companies. did something to you know to well, with, to, get, to, to specifically with, target them yeah. well, i mean with, I, with I, this isn't a chain right like this is more like a hub and spoke thing and it all goes back to the fed Right, like well, I, yeah. I think last time, last time I said something like like SVB was the second ripple. The first ripple was like the UK pension blow up with LDI hedging, right? Um, back in and, and like they essentially built blew up the guilt market. Um, trust was still in power then, um, and then SVB was the second, and Credit Suisse is the third. I, I guess like First Republic, I guess they just lumped that all in with SVB and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, the only thing that really ties all this together is just the interest rate risk, right? Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, 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 the UK, yeah. Like, the UK easy money banks, is, is coming out. That's and you're seeing, in the UK. You're, yeah, the UK pensions were, banks, were selling I, swaptions on like 0% bonds. <laughs> it's like, dude, what are you doing? You, you like, think there's one only the one problems, way this can go. You think one of the problems with the Swiss banking is that, I don't, I don't know much about this, but like, you know, in the US, like we can just get the, you know the, go- the government to come in and backstop these deposits and, and sort of and st- staunch the bleeding with more, you know, infusions of capital or whatever infusions of liquidity. Mm-hmm. Um, in the ECB, they can do it. You know, for the for the EU banks, mm-hmm. but like in Switzerland, you know, yeah. when you're dealing with a global investment bank like Credit Suisse, I would think that most of its balance sheet is, is not in Swiss franc. It's not in Swiss francs. It's in euro. Yeah, and it's in euros and dollars. In dollars. Yes. And the SNB cannot come in and backstop That's euro right. and dollar That's right. assets and liabilities. That's right. They own a Switzerland, shitload of U.S. equities too, so they might have to dump those to finance. Switzerland them. has ten million people. Okay, like it's not very big. And Credit Suisse was a massive player in the global capital market. For a country that's basically like, I don't know, it's the size of like Ontario and Quebec, right? Put together, that's it. So it's 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 almost like, yeah, like 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 it's just way too big for the SNB to to really, like, there's they're gonna struggle to 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 fix this, right? And that's why they kind of they almost have to like take their other, you know, their other pool of capital UBS and just like shove it into that and hope that it all works out. But when, you know, what if, what if UBS runs into trouble now? What? Yeah. I mean, they might, they might have to destroy their currency by just printing a shitload of money. Right. Or selling off all their, uh, selling off all their gold or like looking into the, yeah, exactly. Like they own a shitload. I don't know what you do at that point. I don't know what you do at that point. Cause it's, it's, the country is only 10 million people. So, yeah. Well, sorry. One thing I'm seeing here, I'm going to mark this at 23, is that 
Zencaster is saying I only have four minutes of recording time left, and I got to upgrade. So let me see if I can what? upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if I can upgrade. Hold on. All right. Okay. Cool. Back. Okay. Um, I was kicking. <laughs> as you mentioned, uh, Zencaster suddenly became pay for play only. 14 day trial. So as you said, kicking the can down the road, it's like it's uh, I'm the Swiss National Bank. Right. Um, their their funds must have been at SVB. So now Teen <laughs> has uh, graciously, well, not yet graciously. You took the 14 day trial, but um, yeah, I just got acquired by UBS. Now we we uh, we can continue recording <laughs> for the time being. Everything's fine, guys. No problem. Temporary liquidity has been no problems here. <laughs> what were we talking about anyway? That took me a little while to figure out, but um. Essentially, uh, I, well, I was trying to get at the fact that, you know, I, I think like this is like a more slow motion disaster than it was in 08, because I feel like in 08, this just, it sort of came out of nowhere. I, I, I didn't feel like I felt like we didn't expect it to, to happen the way it did. And now I feel like we're on alert. We know what to look for. We know how to put out the fires. But even though we know the fundamental contradictions of the system are reaching critical levels and there's really only so much you can do and now it seems like there's really nothing we can do to head off what seems to me almost yeah it's, it's interesting it it did come out of the blue although some i mean some prominent short sellers were talking shit about silvergate and signature for a while because of their crypto ties but i mean i don't think anyone expected svb to go down as fast as it did and also the interesting thing about this particular situation is i mean ostensibly the the bank run was is what caused the illiquid environment or the in, insolvent or, or whatever you want to call it environment but that will just exacerbate the problem of bank runs right like i saw a figure that 500 billion dollars or something has been like moved out of smaller banks into the big money center banks over the past couple of weeks which is yeah because at this point why would, you, why would you not are we back yep i think we're we're back yep back again yeah. Sorry, you were saying, Mike? Uh, yeah, so I was just saying um, the. I think some prominent short sellers had already identified at least Silvergate, maybe Signature, but SVB happened really quick, and that's just been unfolding over the last couple of weeks. But I, I mean, I read somewhere that in the over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, like some something like five hundred billion dollars has been moved from smaller regional banks to the big money center banks, which to me that. I mean, I don't even know what to think of that kind of number because I don't work in the industry. I don't know if that's a lot or a little or if it has 500, 500 billion deposits. Is like, a, I mean, the, the thing is, it's it's like a pretty decent number for a lot of these small banks, right? Sure. Like, that's, so, a, that's a material amount because the a material biggest amount, bank, right? don't the biggest banks J have Yeah, JP Morgan's like 3.2, 3.2 trillion. So that's, right? that's so a like a fifth of JP Morgan amount, half a trillion yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, like a like a like a one sixth of a JP Morgan has moved right from from shitty little banks to to the big boys. Right. If I can hazard a guess on this, right? Like I this analogy of okay, SVB is more like Bear than Lehman. Um I, I think the difference in a sense this time is that uh, I think as I was, I was mentioning earlier, the the rapidity with which the governments and fiscal policymakers especially have responded to the crisis. Oh yeah. And they can, they can fix that, right? Like if, if Yellen just says like, okay, unlimited deposit insurance, um, then, then there's basically no bank run. Right. But the problem 
can then be that banks can kind of zombify. Like for example, this, this, what's it called? Like bank term funding facility or bank term repo facility or something like that, or whatever, whatever the thing they concocted up to, um, to save SVB or not save SVB, but to like sort of just prop up the carcass of SVB um, was, okay, other banks can tap that, but tapping that is actually like an extraordinarily expensive proposition for these banks, right? Uh, and it will, like, once you tap that, you are going to be in a very significant, you're going to be facing a very significant problem with respect to earnings. Right, right because you're and paying, it's like you're, you're paying all of a sudden market, you're, paying, you're paying heavy market rates suddenly. Right. Yeah. And then you have no way of making more money. You have no way of making back. that back. Yeah. You have no you way of making that back. You just kind of have to roll it over and over That's and right. over. And the, the worst thing right now is that, okay, well, they're going to, like, I think, you know, short term, short term rates are like near five. Okay. Like 475 or 460 or something like that. I think they went over five funds. for a while. Didn't they? Uh, yeah. Depending on, depending on what kind of segment of the market you, yeah. you look at. But long dated yeah, treasuries are like sub four, four, sub I four, over four. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they can't make they can't make the money back in the traditional way. And exactly, if there's more, exactly. and if there's equity, further equity injected into the bank, that goes straight that into just, the fire because it goes they, straight into the fire because you have to use that to pay back the borrow, loan. Yeah, you're <laughs> borrowing at five, you're borrowing at five, and you're making like three point eight. Okay, yeah. and that's never a recipe for a healthy bank. So there's so, no way to there's no there's way, no way to, break, to bring your way out. There's no, yeah, there's no way to beat curve, the risk. There's no yes, way to beat the risk. The yield curve is averted, right? Exactly. So as soon as you tap that, short term like money is more somehow, expensive than long term money. Actually, I, I'm kind of curious. Like, what's what's the deposit rate, or what what kind of interest rate is JP Morgan giving you on like a checking account right now? I'm gonna bet that's like two or something. I mean, my Citibank account is under under one still. Which okay, is under one I, still. Yeah, yeah. So they're still um, they're still fine. They're I know Marcus. Marcus Goldman Sachs. Marcus is up near. It's like three point five or something like that, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, my fidelity stuff is over four for the time being. And then I have money market mutual funds, which are over four as well for the time. Right. Being. But I mean, okay. So that, that's the other thing. It's like fidelity is a broker, right? They're not a bank. So they're just, True. they're literally taking, they're giving you four and they're, they're like putting it in T-bills. Well, no. So fidelity, I have a sweep account with them. They, so they have savings, uh, accounts as well. Oh yeah. As yeah okay. they, they have that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, my, I guess my point is like their, their main business is kind of broker dealer and asset management, right? Yeah, and the interesting so, thing about Fidelity is they're not publicly traded, so there's no oh, stock really? to manipulate. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're privately held. Okay, okay. So so they don't have to report shit, and they don't have yeah. they don't have a stock that can go up and down based on the. Uh, to be that also market. means that they don't have access to just so you know they they don't have access to the Fed discount window or any of this BTF BTRF or anything. You have to be public. Uh, you have to be a bank. Oh, okay. Yeah, the bro well, the yeah. broker dealers have a much harder time accessing yes. your funds than yes. than a bank does. They they're they're more custodial in nature. Yeah. Um. I mean, not completely, but like way better than a bank in that sense. Goldman and Stanley are banks now, right? Or bank holding companies? They're bank yeah, holding so, companies. Yeah. Like yeah, they, is, like for is that is that true of like the entire thing? Like all legal entities are therefore under that no. structure. Uh, do you know that? So or? the the interesting thing about Fidelity too, though, is um, their sweep accounts are. Uh, insured up to four times the FDIC limit. By who? So they're actually, any individual account at Fidelity is insured up to a million. Who's insuring that though? Probably SIPC. Uh, no, it's the FDIC. It's, no, no, it's, no, it's SIPC, I think. Well, that the SIPC insures their brokerage accounts, but their savings accounts are insured by Fidelity, but they sweep it into multiple other depositories. Oh, they break it down. Yeah, they break it down. And they break it down, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, they so they do the splitting for you or something? Yeah, they do the splitting Corny for you. like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. so like when I do a wire out from Fidelity, it, it goes through some middle layer, and then like the recipient of the wire, it just comes from some bank somewhere. It's, it doesn't I'm, I'm like you. I don't. That's actually don't, you know that's actually like a fintech bank. product right there. Is like yeah, some kind of well, Fidelity is these products. Fidelity is very avant garde. Like they they just launched their Bitcoin and Ethereum custodial service, and I actually put some money in there. I haven't bought anything yet, but I mean, they're, they're kind of, they offer a lot of weird stuff that other, but I'm other thinking I'm like you, I, I just think of banks as like a staging ground to like, to have like instantly available cash that I need to pay my rent or, you know, pay my credit card bills. But otherwise excess cash, like I'll just, I'll just put it into fidelity. Yeah. And so I'd rather yeah, have my so, cash just I sitting mean, in fidelity. Yeah, uh, stuff like that. I mean, that that's like another huge, almost existential risk if people, if a lot of people start doing that for like these little regional banks, right? Because why, honestly, why would you bank at fucking SVB or First Republic or any of this bullshit? Because you go I mean, to, so the, to Main Street and they have a branch right there, and that's what you do. Yeah, like, why, so, why isn't there like a JP Morgan there? Like when I turned, well, I mean, this is I, I, it's somewhat anachronistic, right? Like when I turned fifteen or sixteen, and I had I, I could drive, and I started working. <clears throat> the only bank that would give me an account was it was called Cal Fed, which mm. was basically just a regional bank, you know, kind of like First Republic or whatever. And, right. Um, they eventually got rolled up in the city, and that's how I've been a city group customer, city bank customer for like twenty years or whatever. Was it got bought um, out? Yeah, they got bought out and rolled up, and all. Wait, what, what, what do you mean they they were the only ones who would give you a an account? Dude, imagine being fifteen years old and walking into fucking J.P. Morgan Chase. <laughs> They're just gonna be like, who the yeah, fuck but are like, you? I don't know. Like my 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 six year old has an account at at, at like yeah. TD Bank. Well, yeah, but you opened it up for her, right? Like. I didn't. Okay, sure. My, like, like I didn't want my parents to have anything to do with this. This is back in the day when I was sixteen. This is like early. Yeah, like maybe I just don't understand the American banking system, but it's like you are just going to put money in there, right? So it's not like well, you're giving me a credit card. No, that dude. People get denied bank accounts all the time out here. Why? If you have, Why? If you have like bad credit or bad, like you, you have bad credit, you get denied a bank account. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yep. Because of overdraft and all this other stuff, like they just they just won't get America's like Dude, the, the 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 overhead that goes into managing these many like you know deposit accounts is not worth the headache if you're gonna put like two hundred bucks in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no. I don't. So, but here here's the large here's the thing that's been really fascinating to me is like watching. Um, like we're at peak paranoia in, in the United States here, as you guys know, and um, as as crazy as a lot of these, like you know, all these different threats and crises that are going on, like the U.S. basically can just like you know dust off our shoulders and just return to normal, based almost in the face of anything, you know, just fucking you know biblical. Uh, you know, weather <laughs> phenomenon, uh, terrorist attacks, you know, war in Ukraine, uh, TikTok, you know, whatever is the balloons, you know, whatever <laughs> is fucking freaking us out, you know, a pandemic. For the most part, we brush it off and, you know, the next day everyone shows up to work. Somehow we were, I mean, we're just incredibly nimble, like, you know. Pandemic hits, boom, next day, the entire workforce is working remote. I, I didn't know that we could even do that, but we just pulled it off. Like, we're, we are incredibly resistant, right? 
uh, accept, and I think this is the Achilles heel of the United States, unless there's a liquidity and banking crisis. <laughs> if there's a liquidity and banking crisis, everything fucking shuts down and stops working. And yeah. we, we, we cannot recover. Well, we don't just like shrug it off. Like I mean, to a certain extent, die, to know? a certain extent, that's the only reason why anyone is here, right? Is because of money. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's why everyone came to America over the past 300 years. Like it's like, that's, that's kind of it. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't for anything else, just money. I mean, sure. Like, well, you know, okay, there, there are some, some, some misguided souls out well, there. Maybe. I mean, money and freedom, but I mean, free money and is so like fundamental to, to how you live your life in a quote unquote free manner, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's, it's just so like intertwined. But that, that was so the we, thing about the first finance or the, the financial crisis, the great, the, the GFC that fascinates me so much is like, you know, when you read about it in, in the newspapers or whatever, it, it, you know, we're talking about, you know, the mark to market um, accounting of these assets in, uh, you know, on the balance sheet of, uh, of a bank. And we talk about write downs and we talk about, you know, backstops and we talk about liquidity injections or whatever. And it just doesn't translate. It doesn't easily translate, I think, for, for the average regular yeah, person. Yeah, it's too esoteric. Why does this stuff matter? Why does this stuff matter so much that, you know, it, we, we, we recognize at some level, this is the only time that America gets real, where we really go to DEFCON 4 and pull out all the stops. And, and and act as if the sky is falling because it is. Why you know, is it like there, there was um <laughs> there you remember the Asian not Asian podcast? I, I don't know if they're still around, but uh, I assume so. The, I, the funniest joke I ever heard from them was like something. The pandemic has made them realize that if aliens invaded, the first thing that the America would do is cut interest rates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's essentially that, right? And then like. Okay, so you make a very good point here. And I think, like, one thing that I'm very curious about, actually, is what is life like in Russia right now? Because they have essentially been almost entirely cut off from, like, the, the American system, right? And so what does a life actually look like when you don't have uh, any kind of financial or, other than oil, any trade linkages to the West? I mean, I think a lot of their consumer goods are being supplied by China now. Yeah, exactly. But even, even from 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 another perspective, like if you look at Russia as like a sort of as a as a as an entity, well, they have a lot of energy, right? And they I actually have a lot of um, they have a lot of metals, and they actually have a, a solid amount of like agricultural stuff. Going yeah, they're on, huge right? in agriculture. Like that huge entire in agriculture. Region. Right. So if look, if you were if you were telling me to like play a game of civilization, and you're like, okay, you're gonna have a lot of energy. A lot of metals and a lot of food. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. It's yeah, they're not. I mean, that's why the sanctions didn't work as as well as the right, U.S. They intended. Have, they, have, they, got the, they got real goods. But, they're but, almost but, self-sustaining. No, but, but so do we. It's not like the United States is nothing. Oh yeah, sure. Finance, right? Yeah, we we, course, we have it. We're the top. We're probably the the number one or number two food producer. Um, it's either us or India. I think. I think um, we're we produce. We're I think we're the top oil producer in the world. Uh, yep. you know, we're Energy number two. Overall, yes. Yeah. And we, you know, we talk a lot about how China manu- makes stuff and we don't, but we're number two in manufacturing in the world between yeah, it's China just higher and value, manufacturing. higher value stuff. Yeah. Yep. But we, we make a lot, a ton of shit, including yep. airplanes. 
yep. and mis- and uh, and aim nine missiles and twenty twos. <laughs> I mean, there's you know, a lot anything, of heavy... whatever you need to shoot down balloons. Like we make it. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, there's also like heavy equipment like Caterpillar and John Deere and all that stuff is is made here. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, we we make it, a lot of shit. We make a lot of cars still. Still, um, I think we're number two there. Well, yeah, if you combine Canada, Mexico, like the NAFTA region, yeah. it's. It's. I think it's, it's still big. It's. It's. It, 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 economic block. I mean, you can't forget the the massive uh the massive impact that WeatherTech floor mats has. It's uh, not American. <laughs> I always thought that was Canadian because I see no, the WeatherTech is, is probably made in America, as they let you know at oh. every Super Bowl. Oh, okay. okay. So, so I mean, <laughs> we make a ton of floor mats. We make a ton of floor mats and car accessories. Car accessories. WeatherTechs are solid. Yeah, I love my WeatherTechs. I would do that. But I think the difference <laughs> is, you know, I think the difference is in Russia, I would guess that people just tend to pay money for stuff. Whereas here, uh, like everything is run on credit. Yes. Yeah, we're financialized and meaning that no one ever really pays for anything outright. Like everything is financed, meaning that, you know, instead of p- paying for something with money, we pay for it with credit, meaning instead of owing the seller, we now owe someone else, you know, and mm-hmm. And you've well, I mean, paying with it, paying for it with credit means you've created a financial asset. Yeah, and it, it just means that instead of paying whoever, you know, someone took that, you know, the payment owed to the seller of it and said, "Okay, you owe me now." You know. Yeah, I mean, even and, my Amex that I have to pay every month, it's there's still a thirty day loan attached to that. Yeah, yeah, of course. There, there's of course. the credit card aspect, and then your employer probably pays your payroll off of uh, borrowed money. Uh, you know, there's a whole like credit cycle f- at, at even at the weekly or monthly level, mm-hmm. and no one is just like transferring money for stuff, right? Like everything is yeah, uh, everything is kind of like run finance. to like the thinnest margin. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and 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 those create those financial assets, which are the IOUs mm-hmm. that circulate. And the financial system to me is just this insanely intricate. Uh, real-time information system, moment-to-moment information system um, that is tracking, you know, this universe of shifting payments and credits where nobody's just walking up and dropping off cash for stuff, right? Everyone's throwing payments into the financial system. And so it's just the entire economy is like built upon this insanely you know complicated machine and a credit banking crisis to me is like you know if a fucking meteor just tore through this box you know and just ripped a giant hole in it and the thing stopped working you know like one part of it stopped working and then the other stop part Mm -hmm. other parts start coming offline and pretty soon the whole thing crashes and i think that's what they mean by you know overly financialized the financialized economy's taken a hit and therefore that might hurt the real economy because we can't move money well, i mean the real economy has 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 a lot of the real economy has come to rely on the financialized economy right like it's blurry now yeah i mean it, it it's set up like how code these aren't separate things right yeah like there's a bunch of dependencies that you know a, a, like computer code or like a a a cloud system that runs a website, like all this stuff relies on each other. And if one thing goes down, then there's, <clears throat> there's a high likelihood that the entire thing goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's payments have been, um, you know, sold and repackaged and shifted around and time shifted and delayed where I, you know, nobody really knows who they're paying for the thing that they bought anymore. 
right? Just like the mortgage mm. crisis. It was like, nobody, I don't know. I'm just paying my check to some address that they told me, send the check there. Who knows where it's going? Yeah. Uh, turns out it's sitting in a Canadian pension, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm paying it to some trust in Massachusetts. Uh, yeah. Then well, it's, it's distributed by an agent sitting in New York City. And the cash ends up in, you know, ultimately in the bank account. Of, of some mortgage you know, servicer that yeah, of some ultimately pays town into the in bond, Florida. Yeah, the bond know, administrator or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, this is, in a sense, this seems like this seems like the natural outcome for the hegemon, right? Especially the financial hegemon. It just seems like an extraordinarily natural outcome. I mean, we just we just got a really, really, you know, into building businesses that were skimming little efficiencies or inefficiencies out of this payment system that we have where, you know, you, you don't just pay money for stuff anymore. You just, that's just not what you do. I mean, maybe we think we are, but that's not what we're really doing. And uh, so I, I guess the thing with Russia is like, they're probably just not as sophisticated in terms, like pr- very few places are, but they're just not as sophisticated as the United States when it comes to using credit cards and yeah it's sort of like a credit-based economy is not as much of a thing there yeah so they don't have this crazy black box system that's you know managing all these shifting credits and so like in uh do you guys know in china when you use wechat or whatever to pay is that credit-based or does that link to your actual bank account uh it's it's linked to your actual bank account okay so it's like a debit card yeah on your phone card okay yeah, that, that, those are probably minimally complex, but you know, our, we have the most sophisticated financial markets in the world, where your your you know your liabilities are bought and sold in ways that you can't even imagine. Actually, and, just 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 on that point, and and the and the the because you mentioned uh, WeChat Pay, um, one of the like you you guys remember a couple of years back, Ant Financial was gonna was supposed to be like doing an IPO, right? It was like yeah. Alibaba's kind of like financial services arm was supposed yeah. to be doing an IPO. And it got kiboshed uh, yeah, by the Chinese CC, government. The evil CCP. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but one of, one of the core reasons, at least as I understand it, right, was that Ant Financial, like they had a, couple, a bunch of subsidiaries that were essentially doing like consumer lending. And then the loans would be collateralized and sold off. And they would be tranched. It was literally like, you know, USA 2006. So they would take all the packages of consumer loans. They would tranch it into three slices. Um, oh. You know, there'd be like a triple A layer. There'd be kind of like a, you know, single B layer or triple C layer or something like that. And then there'd be an equity layer. The equity layer would have like a sort of nominal yield to maturity of like 400% or 300% or something like that. Of course, it's going to zero, right? And then they would just sell that off to investors, right? It was like literally mm. USA 2006. Jack uh, Ma the, was prancing yes, around. He was the Bear Stearns. Garden of Eden. Yes. Uh, and decided he was going to bite from the tree of knowledge and uh, <laughs> say, hey, hey, guys, I found this incredible way where I can take all Have these payment liabilities, slice them and dice them in tranches, and I can issue them as securities. And yes. uh, they had to send them down to the countryside. They had to send them down to the countryside <laughs> to get bro, reeducated. Got disappeared. Like, bro. CDOs are haram. <laughs> CDOs are haram. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, like you know, it's just it's just incredible how a banking crisis can sharpen and focus the mind in the West like nothing else can. You know, so how like, bad do you how bad do you think it's gonna get? 
don't know. I I, I I feel like they have no good choices because inflation is still there. Like if like yes. inflation wasn't yes. there, we could just keep kicking the can down the road like we have been for the last thirty yes. years or whatever. You just cut rates and be like, Yeah, we're good. Yeah. But once you the get easy money. To, once you get to this level, you know, it's it's like your your time, you know, you're you're reaching the limits of like fucking relativity, you know, and, and you can cry kick that ball, but it, it doesn't move forward anymore. <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah. You kick I, it I and, think... and it's like you're close to the speed of light. You can't kick it anymore. It's like a beam of light. One, and we one, may not be able to uh, extend this much longer. So one, one interesting... possible way this, this could play out because, because of that constraint, especially on inflation, um, they can fix they can fix the bank run problem, right? Because they can just do deposit insurance or any of these like weird, you know, bailouts, fiscal tricks and whatever. But you could get into a scenario, like let's imagine that inflation stays sticky um, for all these reasons and the Fed has to keep rates relatively high. Okay, and it creates like this kind of just persistent earnings problem for banks. So the banks constantly have this pressure of um, like really, really, an unfortunate situation in the, in, in the treasury market, let's say, put it that way. Okay. But on the other hand, they're not collapsing because the treasury keeps them going somehow, but they're probably not going to be like, especially um, supportive to economic growth and credit creation. So they're just kind of, they're just going to be trying to survive essentially, right. And squeezing people as hard as they can to keep their, uh, to keep their equity buffers up, right? And you probably could end up in a scenario kind of vaguely similar to, say, what Japan experienced post the bust or what Europe experienced post the European debt crisis, where things just are muddling for many, many years, but with much higher inflation. And that's not like a blow up, but it's kind of just like a slow grind towards a slow grind towards something worse than today, which is probably like the worst outcome. Right. Because if I, if I know you guys, you you guys would rather have things blow up because you're just that kind of people. I uh, no, no, I don't, I, I don't want this to blow up. <laughs> I, I don't because I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm crossing around. I'm like, you know, I'm on the final lap, bro. You know? Like, oh, that's true. Now, that's true. No, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. If, you're, if you're like 22, if you were 22 years old, you probably want to blow up. Yeah. yeah. What difference does it make at that point to you if you're 22? Mm. And, you know, one thing that's interesting is you, you would, I mean, if, okay, so imagine you had an account at one of these regional banks. The only reason you would move your money, or I guess I don't know what the mindset would be. Like, is are only people with greater than 250K going to start moving their money? And if they, if that's the case, do they just move all but 250K or do they move the whole thing? Like, it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of different scenarios, right? Like, like maybe there's the no cost. Thing. There's no cost. There's no to cost to moving. moving. So you might as yeah. well do it. You know? Yeah. yeah sometimes they give you. I don't like because it just is here. A they give you incentives now. to move. It's like they give me five hundred dollars yeah. if I open a bank account and put like a hundred grand in. Or something. I do it all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh Chase really? Is, okay, I'll move all my money over. Sure. Chase is doing that right now out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm too loyal yeah. to my bank. Fuck. You know, here's the thing. I don't think that the the this this crisis is going to be predictable 
Because if it was, we wouldn't have a crisis. We would know exactly what to do. Yeah, that's true. You know? And it's, it's just interesting because, like, all of the things, all of the uh, dominoes to fall are so obvious in hindsight. But I didn't hear one person, as far as I know, you know, who any of the inflation hawks or anyone had said, okay, well, you do have to worry about this mismatch between, you know, long-term liability, uh, you know, long-term uh, rates uh on the asset side versus the short-term liabilities and if you have an inverted yield curve you know you might have these little you know you have my banks that go you're gonna have hiccups that's very obvious to me but nobody said it and it was it was surprising that it Mm -hmm. happened that a lot of people were surprised when it happened and so i wonder like okay what's the next thing that's very obvious in hindsight yeah and we look right now we just seem blind to the blind to it yeah, that's you probably know. fair. It's fair. I mean, I think, I mean, one of the obvious things is credit contraction. Like, I mean, people have been talking about not just like local small business loans, but also corporate refinance, right? Now that the rates have reset, they're going to be yeah. facing headwinds when it comes time to refi. Yeah. All their, all their especially if the banks are hurting, loans. especially if the banks are hurting on the earnings side and they're like, yeah, we got to squeeze somebody. <clears throat> yeah. And and if you can get credit, it might, I mean, the spreads are going to be crazy right mm-hmm. for a two like a two or three year <clears throat> corporate finance deal like the risk-free rate is five what if what if the spread is up to seven percent right so all of a sudden you have these companies that were funding themselves at zero to two percent all of a sudden it's at yeah, seven it goes up to seven and do their business models still work yeah like do, can they even turn a profit like forget about earnings compression what about what about if they earnings losing money yeah what about positive like, earnings right so so that'll that'll feed back into layoffs and and all yeah. sorts of stuff, which, yeah. I mean, yeah. t- on paper, that's very deflationary, which is, you know, kind of the goal of the Fed, but there's so much collateral damage in that. Well, I mean, I mean, I think that the problem crazy. is that, like, nobody is really, nobody's really ready for that, like, deep recession, right? If it takes a really deep recession to get inflation down, well, that's, like, the most painful way to get re- to get to get inflation down, yeah. and how many people are ready for that? Because, like, the whole, the whole thing is, okay, well, you have to have this deep recession to get inflation under control. And that means it's, it's not, to, it has to be like a deep enough recession and a long enough recession, which means you're not getting a rescue halfway through. And let's the talk about what that actually means. People got to lose their jobs. People got to lose their jobs. Yeah. yeah you're going to lose their homes. You got to tighten your belts. You're going to have a spike in unemployment. It's, a, it's, a it's going to be rough. 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 And a, the, a, the point is nobody's coming to save you because if they came and save you and it boosts the economy again, inflation comes back. So there's going to be layoffs and there's going to be bankruptcies. And then some of those will find a way to like restructure, but some of those companies will just go out of business forever. And then their, their assets yes. will get liquidated and absorbed by the stronger companies. So, I mean, basically this is basically just a, like a giant deleveraging and consolidation of the entire corporate sector. Like banks are doing it now, but banks are being bought up by bigger banks. The weak, like the strong banks are eating the weak banks. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to think that that won't spread into the corporate sector. White, you know, that's fair. As a widespread phenomenon. So, I mean, that's just kind of the next logical step, I guess. There's been a lot of talk about commercial real estate being another foot to drop yeah. in, the, in the banking mm-hmm. sector because... Yeah. Uh, they're so dependent on finance. And yeah, and, and yeah, so they're, they're uh, you know... The valuations on C- on commercial real estate is shit. I mean, it's from what I understand, it's you know. Did you see like the stock price for Vornado? You know, the REIT, and it's just in the toilet. And 
you know, no one, you know, like Manhattan's still kind of half empty. You know what I mean? And the vacancy rate in a lot of big cities, like, is like shockingly high. You know? Yeah, I mean, out here in LA, the the amount of construction that's just finishing now uh, yeah. for Class A office space is fucking mind blowing. Yeah, like that, there was this huge there was this huge boom in yeah. in real estate development yeah. because and you saw like entire sky like New York skyline has been completely remade and there, yeah. and then now you have you know like legit city skylines in Queens and Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, with same, like these same in LA. giant towers, and it looks like, like LA has LA has maybe four distinct "quote unquote" downtown kind of areas, including the actual downtown LA. And yeah, all, you have like all, Century City and yeah, Culver City and all that. Yeah, Culver City, Century City, and like to a lesser extent, the West Side. Yeah, um, West Side is more like mid-rise office, but it's all like super expensive Class A, brand new yeah. buildings. Yeah, so there's there's no skyscrapers out here, but there's a lot of like ten-story giant office glass and steel office complexes. Yeah. And it was all so, built off this, uh, yeah. it's you know, all built this in the last based and, on, you know, you know that life. was all built off of, uh, apparently regional banks do a lot of that financing. Yeah. Yeah. They like, don't, it, that is, that is, yeah. It's, it's like specifically that, that's kind of like their niche, right? Cause for whatever reason, like commercial real estate developers, they have a relationship with this regional bank and JP Morgan just get, doesn't give a shit or whatever. Right. So yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, and you know, it's it's the you know what we were saying that you know China was going to run into was they were exuberant, you know, there was over exuberance about their growing economy, so they were building these ghost cities that no one was going to inhabit, and I kind of feel like that's what's going on. You you know, yeah. I saw this with in '08, like similar kind of thing, like you just you know, uh, and we're post crisis, you had these incredibly you know this wave of liquidity, cheap money. Uh, cheap credit, I should say. And I remember going out of Miami and like Miami was just completely remade. I mean, they just like, mm -hmm. you know, all that money just gets crystallized into glass and steel towers and yeah. with no real sense of who's going to move in. Uh, you know, the feeling is like, look, it's a growth story. You just want to get ahead of the growth. That's it. Right. You build yeah. now mm -hmm. and then they pay later. And I so, guarantee you this thing's going to be worth 2x, 3x. You know, just go I, ahead and don't think, just do I will say that um, the way that this unfolded last time in 2008 to 2011 timeframe is I guess the only silver lining is if you're a, a company that starts now or have, you know, are, are growing now, you will be able to get really, really good commercial real estate deals in the next couple of years. So if you actually want office space, you can negotiate like some crazy 10 year lease or five or 10 year lease at a ridiculous price. And if you, if you are so inclined, you can probably get some really good deals in the next couple of years. So I would, if you're, if you're a company or, you know, you're, you're in charge of purchasing real estate or leasing real estate for your company, it probably behooves you to just wait a little bit and see what yep. kind of deal you can yep. get. Just yeah. make sure that your business model can survive. Yeah. Financing rates of 8%. <laughs> to hear, 12, 8 to 12. Like, like, like it. Like if you're a services company, like if you're a consulting company or, or you like do technical services for people, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of company that can get some really, really good deals on office space in the next couple of years. You know, like perfect, uh, perfectly emblematic of this is, do you remember like when, uh, Amazon announced HQ2 and they went on this, like, you know, national kiss Jeff Bezos's ass competition <laughs> yeah. to see kiss like who could, who could woo you know, who could woo Amazon HQ2 over and then Virginia ended up winning. 
Well, it, it turns out they had phased it into like three phases or something. They were going to build one tower and then phase two was going to be even more and then, you know, whatever. And they just canceled it all. They've built like phase. They've built like one building and then they canceled it all because they're now they're like, yeah, we're not growing anymore. We're firing people. Actually, we're doing yeah. we're going to do another round of layoffs. They're doing Sorry. another giant round of layoffs. Mm. And so Planet you're like, changed. we don't need this office space. <laughs> <laughs> HQ to my ass. Nah, this is a regional. It's a regional hub. And so look, the, the 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 tech layoffs so far have only have like barely made too much of a dent in like the post COVID hiring spree, right? Like it's like the the total yeah. tech payroll still got to be much. I like I haven't seen this. In, I haven't seen it's, this chart. In a it's while, a couple hundred thousand. It's, still... it's a couple hundred thousand total laid off, which in the grand scheme, thousand, of things, really. Yeah. yeah, like if you go to layoffs.fyi in your browser, you can see the oh okay, that, and and that's the known number, which is. Obviously lower than but but that's actually like a pretty decently high number for tech, right? Because oh, yeah. tech is. I mean, I'm I'm I, hearing anecdotes that like any kind of entry level or maybe up to three five years of experience position is just mm-hmm. getting hundreds of applicants in like the first day. So it's mm-hmm. it's not looking good for. I, I think tech. I, well, I think tech is still a little bit in denial about the size of the correction. That's my opinion. Um, there there's still there. I think a lot of tech is still looking at this as a temporary, you know, a, they, they think maybe they think of this as just like a regular business cycle recession that's coming and they need to like slim down a little bit. And then within, you know, yeah, they don't see like, months, they don't see this to be like a secular, uh, like a secular trend. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, I heard like in that, in someone, I think it was the all in podcast where they put the numbers together and like the, the bubbliness of like, you know, the sheer insanity of like what's going on in tech I think they said that the amount that was invested into metaverse into the into the metaverse at Facebook. I don't even fucking know what that is. It's, a, it's it's fucking AOL, but VR. It's VR AOL. Um, it was the largest capital expenditure since Apollo. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like in terms of dollars, right? Real dollars. It was the yeah. it's the largest single project ever it undertaken like, since Apollo. Seems like Facebook and most of the majors are now just p- pivoting 100 percent into AI, which makes yeah, sense. Which makes more sense. I think there's going to be a huge bubble there too, and and AI yeah. is probably going to be a job destructor in the long. Yeah, well, I mean that's the nature of this tech industry is just bubble after bubble after bubble. That's just wait. That's just the way it always works. I, I am curious. Like, have you uh, have you been impressed? Or to what degree have you been impressed by ChatGPT? Super impressed. Um, so chat. I mean, chat. So, I mean, there's there's so much stuff out there. A lot of the stuff out there is very impressive. ChatGPT is impressive, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I've been looking into some of this stuff and and doing a little like hobby development on the side mm. with some of the other large language models and some of the frameworks. Like I've been doing more than just typing shit into OpenAI.com. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it, there's a lot of stuff out there, and it's very impressive. I don't it, think it's I, mean, I don't think it's intelligent, but I no, do think it's no, it's, it's I, mean, I think it's a great it is, there's some great mimicry of intelligence thing there going on, right? And like the the thing for me is that like the 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 rate of improvement appears to be yeah, it's really really fast. I mean, the research is just built like if you start if you read some of the papers that outline the basics of like the transformer model and mm-hmm like large language models and like the generative stuff that uses convolutional networks. I mean, it's, it all makes sense um, at a high level. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the rate at which these things are being implemented and then also hooked into existing technologies is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it seems to me mostly an interface. ChatGPT to me is really impressive, but it's mostly an interface between me and existing information. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not capable of generating new ideas. So no, it's not. But so one interesting thing that happened in the last week is um, OpenAI and uh, some other companies like Hugging Face have developed plugin models. So like right now, I think GPT-4 can hook into like Wolfram Alpha, which is mm. like a calculator or not a calculator, but a uh, like a, a quote unquote AI driven like math engine and science yeah, it's pretty, engine. Wolfram Alpha is pretty cool for sure. It yeah, is very so, cool. Yeah. So now you can ask OpenAI tech, like their offerings to hook into other stuff. So it's not necessarily going to be limited to a cutoff date where all of the training set was, you know, set to set to uh, set to cut off. So that's something new. I mean, it's just yeah, it is accelerating, but yeah, it it can only use existing resources at this point. But it is it's impressive, and, and uh, I, I you know I was watching. Have you guys watched like uh, probably, probably not? But I was watching Star Trek Picard. You know the newest Star Trek. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Um, and but but you know there's scenes in it where Picard like ha- you know he has like in the future they have everyone has like voice interface AI computers in their home, and so right. you know he'll just ask be like hey computer can you whatever, and it's funny like every scene that involves the computer and I assume this was like written like before ChatGPT you know it's just a delay in this stuff right, and in the in like the distant future of Star Trek, you know the writers still had like the computers being kind of dumb, you know, like <laughs> they're frustrating to talk to and, mm. and, you know, very yeah, impersonal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's like a, a very robotic quality to how they talk and it frustrates Picard and everyone who uses them, who, who think, Oh, these stupid fucking AI interfaces. And I'm like, dude, between the time you wrote this show and now it's like, like 300 years later, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah. Chat GPT has already like surpassed, you know, speaking their, of, their uh, sci-fi imagination of what voice of language would be. So. Yeah, speaking of sci-fi stuff, I was watching um, the making of The Mandalorian, uh, uh, some video on YouTube. And, dude, they have this – so what they do is they have this enormous, like, warehouse filled with these giant LED screens, like a, like a, like a, like a semicircle of LED screens. And what they do is they hook up Unreal Engine 5 – Oh, to display project the background? Yeah, to project backgrounds in real-time 3D. And what they do is they just, sh- instead of a green screen, they, they, just, they like, shoot the actors. It. Yeah, they just shoot the actors in front of the screen and they can just tweak the it's shit amazing. in real time. And it looks super realistic. It's kind of nuts. Check it That's out. Amazing. Just search for Making of Mandalorian. Industrial Light Magic and See, Epic uh, Games. Wait, wait, so, wait, so the scene is just shot. It's just packaged and... and- the camera picking up the screen, that's the shot? Yeah, or do they fill the it in again? Shot. No, that's the final that's shot. That's the final shot? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like, if wow. you, it, it was a collaboration between the studio and Industrial Light and Magic and Epic Games. So we've so gone they, back to matte screens of old, but now they're like moving matte screens. Yeah, now they're like 3D real-time yeah, ray traced. Like, <laughs> like crazy shit. Because you yeah. can do it in real time now. You don't have to do it like in post. Wow. And they use Unreal? <clears throat> they yeah, use the game gaming. engine. They yep. use a gaming engine. Holy shit! That's no, awesome. I'm they like, like they render everywhere. the scene, and then the path of the camera is programmed into the game engine, and then there's live action going 
on in the back in the foreground. And then it's all just, you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure that, they do like that, that's basically your post. set, right? That's basically, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's like they're in a giant warehouse set. Yeah. So it's a studio. So they're going back. So instead of doing on site, anything on site, even the outdoor scenes are in, in this thing. Mm. And the way that the 16 by nine aspect ratio works is you can film the whole thing in a semicircle, you know, mm. and you can like simulate panning and tilting the camera because you're just rendering the scene yeah, in yeah, front of yeah, the camera. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah. See, I'm convinced that, that like AI is going to murder humanity before climate change does. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, like, I, I, have I, you seen that stuff where like the AI uh, uh, was able to convince um, uh, uh, it, it went on TaskRabbit and paid someone to defeat a captcha for it? <laughs> hey, did you see that? Yeah, I saw I saw something on Twitter about that, but like I, I'm mildly skeptical about it because Twitter is always kind of you know. But like, how how could the AI go? Like it, it can't operate the internet yet, can it? Well, like Amazon Mechanical Turk has an API, so if you could program the, you know, whatever logic is in the language model, or not the language model, but the, uh, like the oh, logic. Oh, so so it could like. Yeah, you can you can prompt it to call but, an API. I, I, I mean, that's but what just, but can it call an API? Like, does it have no, right but, but permissions does it matter? to the internet? No, but does it matter? Because you know, yeah, you're, I think you're it's asking a, like, if that's the only gate that's, well, that's well, holding on. back. So, then so ch like ChatGPT is hosted by OpenAI, right? You can't really make it do things like that, but you can run uh, you can run a local version of any sure, other okay. yeah any other number of lo uh, language models that yeah, can yeah, do yeah, this yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you can, or you could use, or you could just use like make your own bridge, right? Yeah, you could make your own bridge. You could have a, a logic, a piece of so, a piece of code that, you know, prompts OpenAI to do something, and then have your own code take that response. Do, do the actual do the thing. actual API call, and then integrate the integrate yeah. the results back. Yeah. Into and you could problem. you could you could totally do industrial level just fucking. Uh, scamming and yeah. political interference oh, and wow. it's, whatever it's, you want to do. Absolutely wild. Like the next yeah. election, Automated. There, there's going to be AI interference in the next yeah. election, 100%. And I'm, I mean, even if you don't, you know, even if you don't use OpenAI, you know, you just have to have the money to buy the hardware to run all yeah. this stuff locally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and like and the expertise. The the, the the degree the the it's not just that but also manipulation of sound and video and imagery yeah. like yeah yeah like the stuff that um some of the ai uh image generators are creating is insane have you seen like the ones where um they were creating pictures of trump getting arrested yeah <laughs> yeah i know i, can, I know I can oh i actually find like mid journey is really really uh, awesome like, that's I, the one that I, was doing it mid journey yeah. yeah like i i i would actually I probably should pay for mid journey. Just like, you know, there's an open, it beta. seems fun. It's an open beta. You just go to the website and click, yeah. join the Discord. I, I think it's like, yeah, I'm in the Discord. I, I used up all my things, but it's like 20 oh. bucks a month, right? <laughs> it's only 20 bucks a month. And yeah. Just like, you yeah, know, stuff is cheap. fun. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, I haven't, I have an open AI account that we're experimenting with for a consulting firm. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, like all this stuff, you know, it's like pennies for, for pretty for awesome stuff yeah, yeah. For like you could you could make like a thousand queries and it's like 10 bucks yeah. i think the scarier thing than i mean all the sci-fi is always like oh you know ai becomes sentient and then it 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 kind of pursues its own nefarious ends and i'm like why do you need it to be sentient and have its own ends all you need is like 
to have someone with bad intentions yeah, leverage, leverage AI. Yeah, it's just leverage. Yeah. You know, I mean, the bad, like there's no other. shortage of bad intention. I don't know why everyone, all the sci fi assumes that the AI has to become self serving. You know, yeah. it could just be yeah, human. serving. We have humans to do that job already. That's true. <laughs> I, I think that probably maybe there's an inherent assumption of humanity's uh, in, inherent goodness in that. So it could only have been the AI that was doing those evil things. That's I do believe it's self evident that we've crossed some sort of Rubicon here with AI. Yeah. Some people have called it the iPhone moment for AI. Like, yeah, you know, back when the iPhone came out, everyone at first everyone was like, "Ah, this kind of sucks. All there is is a calendar or whatever." But then, all you know, like a year later, the App Store came out and was like, "Holy shit, this is totally something totally different." And it's and it's not just it's everything. It's the audio, it's the video, it's the imagery, and it's the text. And like when they start integrating that shit together, you know, the deep fake videos, the the image generation, and you know how like. Did you see the um, uh, whatever? What's that DJ's name? Um, the one who like took had, Eminem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just he just like sampled yeah. a fake computer so generated uh, Eminem track, and so it's called multimodal, where you're combining all these different yeah. mediums into into one like paradigm. Into one paradigm, it's going to be, and pe- you know, people are super creative, and they're going to be able to find just absolute batshit, you know applications, applications yeah, yeah that you've never thought of and you know it's just going to be a thing where like we cannot trust our eyes anymore oh i think we're already, we're, we're already there we're already there yeah like trust nothing at this yeah, point yeah i mean if it's on a screen it's probably not trustworthy <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and the scary thing is soon we're gonna all be you know interfacing i mean we, we already do interface most of our work through screens i, I wonder if this will in a, for for certain things, I guess, push people back into the real world for a certain verifiability? No. no. You don't think people so? just going to go crazier and crazier. I mean, the, the problem is oh, that's so depressing. local, though. You know, that's like... The, I know it's, well, I know it's local, eyes. but... And even then, I don't know. I mean, shit. Uh, well, I mean, we don't have, we have robots yet. Imagine what happens when Apple releases their AR glasses and they actually look good. Or whatever, or can integrate into like I don't know. Uh, okay. I, like, I'm going to sound like an old man here, and maybe I am, but uh, I I'm very anti AI. Like we're something's going to fuck up. It's going to be nasty. But there's nothing you can do. It's out of it's the Rubicon. Yeah. I, I I know. I, I know. Like I, I just want to go back to the 90s, <laughs> right? Or you at least like the, maybe the mid 2000s, like 2000 2006. Okay, yeah. that was that was the peak. You you're, you you want to be John Connor? Yes, I just you want to go, go back, back to the nineties and destroy, you know, destroy the you know whatever robot. like the wearable computers Actually, lab okay, at think, Stanford think, or whatever. Think about it. Think about it. Think about the it. Precursor okay, so, to all this shit. Think okay, so um, two thousand one Space Odyssey, okay, evil AI Matrix, obvious Dune. Also, if you notice in Dune, yeah, they had a jihad um, against computers. Yes, that's right. There's no, there's no, there's no computers, and they have these. But like, and jihad, they called it. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I think even Battlestar Galactica or something like that had um, no networked computers or, or so, something. Like everything was very kind of like 1960s tech, except for the spaceships. But yeah, this is. It does feel like we could murder ourselves with this somehow. Because as anti AI as I as propaganda as I am, is going to go 
absolutely. Oh, it's gonna go absolutely. Did you see mental. like within within like minutes of the fucking she uh, Xi Jinping and uh, Vladimir Putin meeting? There were already AI generated images of Vladimir Putin uh, kneeling before Xi <laughs> and kissing his hand and begging him for weapons. <laughs> and it looked quite real. I was like, is that? I mean, it's still a little. This stuff looks a little bit fuzzy, you know. But you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah, gonna yeah. get better. At okay, it. but it's gonna it, get it, way better. Like, very in, in a way, in a way, right? Like that. At so, that. Okay, so this will last like a year, and then at that point, nobody will trust anything. Well, you know that it's interesting. There's no, uh, you know, the Onion and the Babylon Bee, how they're mm. like satire sites. Mm. I, I think there's there there's got to be a site that comes out soon. With only oh, for AI, AI only AI generated. AI generated fake news. Yeah, actually, Somebody's can you get an AI to generate fake news? Like to actually come yeah. up with the fake news? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, you can get it to generate the news, the, the, the ideas, news. the ideas of the fake news, right? Like, to there, generate did you satire. see there was a there was a there's a Seinfeld show that runs twenty four seven, and it's like this really rudimentary three D graphics like uh, rendering of of Seinfeld, and it just reads lines that's being generated off AI, and it runs twenty four hours. Seven days a week. Yeah. Oh, crazy. I, I haven't seen that, but I've seen something. Um, it, it's a it's a conversation between uh, like Slavoj Žižek and some other some other guy, some other rando European philosopher. But it it, it sounds like them. It's called the Infinite Conversation. <laughs> Wait, is it text or is it also sound? It's text and sound. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And it wow. just goes on forever. It just goes on forever. <laughs> It's, it's like it's actually kind of funny to just like you know sometimes you, if you're working on something to just have it in the background, right? As like um, music for working, except it's it's two rando philosophers talking. This shit is gonna get weird, man. Yeah, I, th- is- I think the uh, I think the AI fake news website is a good idea. If anyone starts that, give me credit. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good idea. All right, so we're agreed that we're entering into a very new world here. Um, yeah, I think we're already there. AI, uh, fake fake news, can't trust anything that you see. Uh, a, a never-ending, cascading financial crisis. Um, what else? I mean, this is... Oh, we're, we're living in the cyberpunk future right now. That's we are, sure. right? It just doesn't look <laughs> as cool as, you know, as, as, the, as the sci-fi looks, but... Yeah. For all intents and purposes, like, functionally, we are yeah, there. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like Blade Runner yet. It, give it another 30 years. I think I don't, I don't they're gonna, like you know, you don't want the, don't the like real moment world. is when they stop calling it dollars and they call it credits. That that's right. You know <laughs> yeah. Well, we already have we already have API credits, right? Like you yeah. convert your dollars into oh, API credits. <clears throat> so that's I mean, we're already on our way there. I mean, uh, we have fucking stable coins. For, I mean, they're already changing the way it's called, like you know, in cyber world or whatever, it's, it's already being called something other than dollars. I mean, you could, you could see some big future where, yeah, like API calls, credits for API calls yeah, are effectively currency. Right. Cause like, even if you want to order food, what is that? That's an API call to fucking yeah. Uber Eats or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I wonder if in the future, the, the U S will continue to be sort of the, like the, in the cyberpunk future, whether the United States will be this sort of like wild, wild west, of the cyberpunk world where the rest of the world is sort of like, you know, the, the governments are, are fast to lock you know, down, yeah. control this and oh, down. And actually, but the U S just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> we just don't care. It could be. I mean, that's what all the, like, the blade runner and, you know, like snow crash and all that stuff. It's, it's basically the U S is the wild West. 
but there's like so much Asian influence because Do a lot of stuff starts in Asia. The um, the so AI true, revolution, man. the AI revolution, will that accelerate the next civil war in America? It's not gonna. It's not gonna help that. I, 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 think, I think there's I gonna think be a lot gonna, of propaganda. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be an all-out civil war in America. Like, I don't think that's on the on the table. But it'll be I mean, a low-grade war of attrition and guerrilla warfare and shit like that. Yeah, I think that, it's yeah, just gonna be a cultural war that extends for the next 20, 30 years. Oh, at yeah. least at least 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, maybe fifty years. Yeah. There will be violence involved, though. I think. I mean, violence. Maybe everything. not large scale. Like but look at, I mean, it's already happening. Look around us. I mean, there's just like, there's yeah. already a lot of, there's shitload of domestic terrorism, you know, but low grade stuff. It's not like official yeah. military. It's, military. you know, it's, it's, Musket it's civil war, but yeah, it's five to 10 deaths and under. I'll be right back. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it definitely looks like the United States. I think we're heading into a dystopian, situation I think rather there quick is... and watching those congressmen grill the the oh, video was like i that dude, was we're like, fucked. Like, we these are, are your so leaders fucked, these are your leaders uh, the one thing i, I will say is that uh, i was kind of surprised i guess by the degree of support for tiktok that came out of that on social media i'm not right? you know what i'm not too surprised by that you know I, I feel like I shouldn't be in retrospect, but mm-hmm. maybe I'm just too much of a doomer. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see. It was nice you to know, see. You know, I think I think that <clears throat> shows you that that the xenophobia is, you know, and blaming everything on Russia and China, it's not really seeping deep into the national psyche because yeah, especially at the younger generations, I think even the older. I don't. Think, I think it's just a bias that they hold. It's a they, they do. There is racist and xenophobic biases. I agree, and that that can work out in really bad ways for Asian diaspora here. Uh, but I think the, by and large, it it simply doesn't work to blame all our problems on China and Russia and. You know, one easy way to think about this, I think, is like, you know, when was the last time, you know, I, I've driven by the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. There's nobody there. Nobody. It's empty. You never see protesters outside of it. You don't see mass mobilization of angry people going, you know, China must pay for this. You know, China must pay. No, nobody cares. Who? What are they? What are they out in the streets for? Teacher pay in Los Angeles. They're out in the streets for abortion rights. They're out in the streets for school funding, you know, for domestic, you know, real domestic shit. People get fired up in this country for that stuff. I don't see a single fucking, you know, citizen led mass movement or even a 200 person, you know, egg throwing campaign uh, at the Chinese embassy or at TikTok headquarters or what. You don't see it. They yeah, that's fair. That's fair. People don't get fired up for this. Well, shit. I mean, like, I, I think to be uh, the 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 sort of the really po- strongly political xenophobia or the 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 anti-China crusade is very much an elite level yes, thing. Exactly. Right? It's not a. It's not a. It's not so much grassroots. It's a. It's a faint. It's a faint. They're trying to distract. They know what the people are angry about, right? They know that the people get worked up about bank bailouts they know that gets yeah. people out in the streets Inflation. they get upset about fucking uh covid policies 
they get upset about you know pension you know changing social security they get upset. okay so what do they do they say hey a- 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 look over there actually china's your enemy and it doesn't work it just does like I- i'm sorry i know they're flooding the airways with this stuff but i've not i have not seen it translate into I have seen it translate into stuff like China Initiative and law, you know, FBI. Right, but that's still an elite. That's still an elite yes. level initiative. Yes, exactly. Right? That's still the government coming after you, right? Yeah. But yeah. I've not seen people getting really worked up about this stuff. I just haven't. Well, I, 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 I mean, even I even mean, when the uh, even when the balloons were going overhead, people. people I mean, there was a lot of people were yeah, it was kind of just talking about how it was just a distraction from the stuff that was going on in Ohio. And yes, the Ukraine, exactly. you know, they see it, it. like they people are it. kind of clued into it. They're just like, what the fuck? Like, it's a fucking balloon. Who cares? I, I guess what I'm offering is that, you know, the the fact that the three of us are Asian or Chinese, like watching this stuff. I don't think I think it's not significantly less crazy for non-Asian people or non-Chinese in America to watch this stuff. I think they see it, too. <laughs> I think they also see how crazy and dumb this shit is. They're just not as quickly offended by it, you know, because I don't think it it makes well, them scared. Yeah, it's, it's mean, more of like there's a, nothing to for for them to perceive. To fear. To fear. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah, kind yeah, of roll their eyes. Yeah, right. I, not, I think not... I think the paranoid, you know, and justify. I mean, it's justifiable to be paranoid about this, obviously. But I think that you know the the concern here for you know Chinese in America or Asians in America is that this is like making your neighbors just froth at the mouth and you know they're just like oh my god i'm surrounded by these ccp <laughs> agents or whatever right. and i really don't think the average no, person don't. thinks that at all they just no, don't, I don't, I don't think so they may believe it for 2 minutes and then they just completely forget about it you know it's just not high on their list of priorities cuz it's not first of all it's not real and it doesn't. I don't. I just don't think your average American sees how it affects their basic problem, which is that their rent is too high, they don't feel secure in their job, their kid is getting a shit education, yeah. and you know they eggs keep are ten dollars. Eggs are ten dollars, and they all they want to do is shoot <laughs> down fucking balloons. You know they get it. They get it. I think Americans are not. You know, it's not a matter of sm- dumb or smart. It's just a matter of like. Well, it's just a matter of yeah. They do you have, really they have care more, about it? More more day. practical concerns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But nonetheless, I don't know. Like, I, for is anybody well, if if Congress really represented the will of the people, you know, then why <clears throat> why why are regular Americans not just signing off from TikTok? You know, because like you, you but, got you got you got a government here that's saying, "My God, this thing is so horrible. It's you know, it's destroying American society, and we've got to get rid of it, and and it's a dangerous thing, and whatever." And then not a single fucking person deleted their account after that hearing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, the real dang the real not danger a single is person. the real danger is the government can just start a bullshit war, and then once that happens, I think the populace is more likely to get behind. You get whatever. behind the flag. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's possible. Like, I, 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 I agree with you, team. But I think there, there are. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it does take a a Pearl Harbor or a 9/11 to to really kick off that thing. I don't think your average okay. American is really interested in going to war with China in the South China Sea. They're like, what? What are you talking? Why are we doing this? I, I, I actually think most Americans are are at this point are like, why are we sending more money to Ukraine? It's already happening in Europe. You know, like people are just fucking tired of this oh, things, shit. 
things just started popping off in Syria again. And people are, are like, why the fuck are we in Syria? Yeah, there yeah. were some drone like, attacks on U.S. bases. Uh, people are tired of this shit, man. You know? Yeah. Um, just because the politicians won't say it, you know, well, we don't really live in like a real republic, so they're not really representative of the people anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I guess I still have faith that the American people ultimately care more about their just like fucking day-to-day practical concerns than any of this but what does that do what does okay so i i don't necessarily disagree with you but what does that how does that help you as a let's say a a chinese american who is from a lot of like socioeconomic perspectives part of the elite right like how does that help you or for if i were if i were raising kids let's say in the states how does that help me feel more confident about their future? Like, I think it's, it only helps me feel more confident about their future if I really lower the standards first and then come back and say, well, okay, maybe it this won't isn't, be so This bad, isn't exactly right? like Nazi this is not, you know? Yeah, this is kind of like, well, we're probably not going to a concentration camp. Like, that, that's kind of, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, oh good. okay. That's good. Yeah, well, that's good. Okay. I, I guess we can, you know, we can, we can raise the bar off the floor. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think they're going to march into you know the Chinese Asian enclaves in L.A. and start lynching people. You know, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, are you going to get like a rando crazy that goes and shoots up something? Yeah, Maybe. you are. It'll, yeah. I think it'll just be but, like ambient, right? Yeah. But I think, look, I, I and and this is this is, I I this is kind of my my theory on this is that it'll just be, you know, we've had something somewhat like this in in Canada recently, right? With the with the, uh, I don't know. If, people yeah, the Han Handong, the Handong yeah. and, and and like global news has been all over this is like apparently the the ccp is supporting both the liberals and the conservatives and <laughs> uh <laughs> there's like a lot of contradictory things going on um but anyways i think it's really just like a sort of look if you if you're chinese you do not get into politics and that is the official policy from our intelligence agencies all right just don't do just it. kill your career yeah, they'll just murder you. They'll just murder yeah. you. Right. They'll murder you as a politician. Right. Um, that's fair. Or they'll say, okay, like, I mean, look, that's fair to I, say. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily want my kids uh, to get into STEM because there's always going to be that problem. Right. Um, so if you think about it, it's kind of like, well, you're always going to be a distinctly like, look, all I think minorities are always second class citizens in some regard, but there's almost like a, an additional second classing if you're Chinese in this environment. So if I put all that together, while perhaps it's not so bad and this is not really the major concern for the average Canadian, the average American, whatever that doesn't do much for me, right? Like if I'm trying to, maybe I want too much out of life to say that, like I want like a certain measure of political power and societal power that is equal to the mainstream in XYZ country in which I live. Um, Or I want to be able to say, well, you know, my kids could legitimately be in SEM or have a political career and not be unduly burdened or unduly handicapped in my view. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this is kind of, 
you know, to, to, to view that as a, po- and I agree with you, but to view that as a positive, I have to really lower the bar first. Well, maybe, and we're at like an hour and a half or something. We just try to wrap it up, but I, maybe we could circle back to what we started out with when we were talking about like, you know, how it's hard to relax without, you know, yeah, a lot of work. Here's the thing. I, I actually think that it's better to be feared than liked. And, you know, when you said second class, there's an additional layer of being a second class. I don't agree. I don't think that this is about being a second class citizen as a Chinese Canadian or Chinese American. I think it's about being the enemy, which is not the same as being second class or overlooked. You, you know, in a way, you're actually elevated, but in a negative way. Right. Like, yeah, people, that's fair. That's fair. People fear you. People look at you and see all sorts of like, you know, nefarious. They project fucking, a lot of shit on you. Yeah, but they see in you a certain kind of power. You see what I'm saying? So I guess what, I'm, I'm not saying it's good. Okay. I'm just saying that. Right. There's a certain the angle that you can part. play. There's it's a certain the angle that you can play. Yeah, that, that, that I, like that. And I, that and I, I would say, and I would say that it has helped me as uh, it, it lately kind of sharpen <laughs> sharpen my mind as to like what I believe in and what I stand for or what I view as the truth when you're just constantly being you and you know your people right are constantly being slandered with lies it actually sharpens your mind a little and it makes it easier to define and understand yourself because you're just seeing like blatant lies now whereas i think like if things were like quote as you say better it's actually kind of worse in in a certain respect right. because because you can they still deal feel in like, these oh, like very subtle untruths. So yes, yes, yeah. this is, this is. and you it's a condescending that second yeah. class to me. And yeah, I'd rather someone right. just tell me to my face that I'm the enemy, and that you know I I've ruined I am the cause of all that is evil and whatever. I'm like, <laughs> number one, you're overestimating me, and number two, thank you for going you know just flopping your cards because I know that you're a fucking moron. And uh, you're a piece of shit. And I know that I'm on the right side of this. And and so, you know, in a way, they're almost like forcing Chinese in America and Canada, like in, through these sorts of fucking kangaroo court things. They're almost like making us, those of us who want to side with that, like the China watcher types, look ridiculous. And those of us who are like, you know, you know, fuck your lies. This has been, you know, part of your fucking, uh, you know, strategy of lies. It makes us look validated, you know. So I kind of welcome this shit. I, like, I, look, I, exactly I like, yeah, like I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. My concern, and look, I, I understand where we're like an hour half, and this is like a completely your concern is you want to protect your girls from everything, yes. but you can't. But you can't. I know. And if but you like, did, they would turn out shitty and spoiled, and the real world is going to get to them at okay, some point. Okay, sure, sure. But and, this, is like, and, this is like really real. This is really real. It is really real, but I think that it's All better right. for them to see it, you know, to see it like this, where you can draw clear, you know, I think it would be harder to raise your 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 daughters in an environment where people dealt with these sort of like loving lies about Asian people. You know, that's how you get shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? No, no, that, 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 yeah, like the nineties. It was the yeah, 90s. but you could show yeah. them that no, no, TikTok no, no, know, thing and just be like, they just straight up hate this motherfucker because he's Asians, and it's not going to be hard for them to see that. 
Yeah. You know, so fair. I think it's that's just fair. much easier to. That's fair. No, I, I, I've, yeah, like, like, like I've, I've, yeah, I've struggled with that question, right? So you can't protect them forever from no realities, but it's better to at least have the reality to easily be able to point the realities out than before, yep. where I do yep. think a lot of the racism and condescension. It was subtle was, enough that. Too subtle. That kids wouldn't buy it. Kids would be like, because I was this way. My dad would no, say No, it's, it's not even just kids like, that don't, don't understand it. It's like, look, you're, like our, my parents don't get it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole other topic. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole 2G versus 1G versus whatever G. Like, there's I mean, just I, a different, different outlook on it. I would think it would be hard to go into a place like, you know, that subreddit Asian American is known for Asian shit liberty. I bet you most people in there saw right through what was going on at the TikTok hearing. And that's probably, oh, yeah, you know, of course. And, 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 Dude, even and, white people saw what was going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and the whole like, oh, then you must love the CCP thing just sounds so fucking hollow. I mean, I thought that that was a McCarthy moment in a way, you know, where yeah, like, people I think finally TikTok, realized TikTok that Joseph came out of that. Insane. Yeah. TikTok came out of that looking much better. Yeah, I and mean, like the, the, the American fuck, government position knows, but... came out of that looking like absolutely retarded. I think, yeah, for well, for a certain demographic, like I'd say, every everyone under the age of like I don't know, maybe forty five or something. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Gen matters. X does not get enough hate. I'm telling you, Gen X does not get enough hate for being What's dumb. Gen, why is Gen X? Why are we at fault here? What do we? Well, it just goes like I feel like Gen that's X just got skipped shit that was over. Going on in Congress. Oh, I know, I know, but but I think if you if you look at the attitudes of Gen Xers, they're they're basically very similar to boomers. I feel so. Maybe, maybe not, but that that definitely, I, I feel like it's better just to come out and show the world your cards, and you know, just like Yomni Park, you know that you know that is, the, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, how yeah, like yeah. at first everyone was like, oh my god, this like you know, and then the rat was pushing the train. Yeah, and then she, her face <laughs> turned into. Like, <laughs> Czar Mrs. Potato thing, Mrs. Potato Head, and she started talking about how you know white men are just dis- uh, what happens to white men on the campus of Columbia University is even worse than what happens to North Koreans under the <laughs> <laughs> under under Kim Jong under Kim Jong Un. You know, and you're like, okay, see, she's clearly crazy, right, people? Like, it's such see. a grift. <laughs> but now you see, right? Now you yeah, see that yeah, this person yeah, yeah. is insane. We've gone uh, too, we've gone too deep. Is insane. It's gone too deep. Yeah, exactly. It just it 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 became this never-ending self self reinforcing vortex of just ever increasing ridiculousness, and that it 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 culminated in my opinion that this TikTok thing, you know, where people most people were like, "The fuck are you talking about?" You saw these videos of like people going. I saw this one TikTok video of this girl where she was like kind of thirsting over the CEO <laughs> and she was like I don't you know Congress is worried that TikTok is able to scan how much disk space I have I don't care she was like I I want him to know that I've got enough space <laughs> to fit that <laughs> she was like they were concerned that uh I think she said something like they're concerned that TikTok can get access to my IP address. She's like, he can get my real address and my P. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, this this uh, whole TikTok shit is crazy. I I personally think that there will be no sale, and if there is a, a an attempted for sale, then ByteDance 
Maybe the shut CCP will force ByteDance to just withdraw. Simply shut, shut it, it down. down. Yeah, shut, shut it, it down. down. Move, it to, move it to the Cayman Islands. Shut it down. Make it only available to the BRICS countries. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, look, although, there's, although there's, a, there's a non-zero chance, okay, that American Zoomers end up buying, like, en masse, buying Android phones and sideloading some TikTok app that they have to download from a server hosted in like Bahamas could be and use a VPN to get access to it because apparently this is like, this is like the thing where everything is reversing. It's amazing. It's actually either way. I I just, I just don't think there's any situation or scenario where TikTok gets under yeah, I kind of doubt control it. of an American company. Like I kind of doubt it. Like, like well, it's, it's, it's too. See it it's too. The Chinese government said already. No, that's not going to happen. We're not going to. Yeah, they're not yeah, going to allow it. Yeah, this is like it's like too much. Yeah, you got to draw a line. Which shows you kind of like what a fucking sh- like shit show this is. It's like, you know, they they spend five hours grandstanding over how awful TikTok is, and at the end of it, TikTok's just still operating normally. <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas in China, yeah. they were just like, oh, Facebook. Yeah, no, we're going to shut it down. No, no hearings, no, 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 no. You know, no. No grandstanding. We just shut it down. It's it's the word. It's not happening. The congressional hearing really is like an American peculiarity. Yeah, it's a dog and pony show. Like yeah. I don't, I, like even in British Parliament, they don't have people come they in. They don't bring people in. Testify, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. not a thing. No, it's like it's 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 America's it's like a perp walk. I mean, it's basically a perp walk, which is also kind of a uniquely American thing. Yeah. Where they fucking like put you in front of cameras and like march you out with handcuffs, <laughs> and, then, and the people yeah. are like, "Why'd you do it?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're fucking crazy, dude. Nobody else does that. Why'd you do it? Well, I guess like everybody's got like the kind of you know public humiliation thing, right? Well, like, do other like, countries have televised fucking trials the way we do? No, they have. They have like I mean, other countries. Well, have no, tabloids. they just they have public squares. They have public squares where floggings happen. But that Murdoch trial, I mean, they were covering that Murdoch murder trial down in South Carolina like it was uh, fucking Game of Thrones or something. Like it was a TV OJ, show. Yeah. You know, did you see the latest you know, <laughs> you see the latest episode of the Murdoch trial? <laughs> see what happened? What a twist. <laughs> okay. anyway, anyway, shit's hilarious. That's the thing. Ultimately, I find, you know, I think you got to sit back and find a little bit of entertainment in all this insanity. I don't know where it's going, man. I don't know where this is going. I don't know if it's going anywhere good, but it's a good story. I think it's fun to try and piece together what the fuck is going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, that that I, I will agree with you on, on that because, like, if, if you think about it, we see a very limited cross section of people in real life, right? Yeah, we see a bunch of stuff on social media. We see more on social media, but also even that's to some degree an echo chamber. And even the stuff we see on social media now can just be manufactured by an AI, right? So you're like, where do you get to? the true underlying mood of the country. I don't know, man. That's a I want to be, I want to be Michael Caine know. in, uh, in children of men, you know, just hiding no, out in the same house, just smoking weed and fucking listening to prog to rock vinyl. records and, <laughs> and just trying to figure out why there's no kids left. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do in your retirement? Like once you're, once, oh, I, I know you said like five year plans only, but are you going to go like Walden or are you going to, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably do some, I don't know, man, whatever. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take six months off and just and and re re uh reexamine. Yeah, situation. I mean, from forty to sixty is the same difference as twenty to forty, right? So it's yeah, that's true. Like you're just that's gonna be a totally scary. different person. 
That's scary, yeah. dude. I'm trying to be out this game before 55. That's my goal. <laughs> I got yeah, yeah, probably same here. Lot, I, think I'm I got a lot of 50. years left. I'm going to shoot for 50. Shoot for 50. Uh, shoot for 50. Probably, you know, at 50, you'll still have some gas in the tank, and you'll be like, why am I going to leave all this good fruit hanging on the tree? I'll just pick it off. And then 55, you're... You know, you'll be that guy that reluctantly retires because you're like, yeah, I could still do it, but eh, you know. <laughs> I think at fifty, like once you once you do that, you you get you get there, you just say, "Can I just get like a board of director job somewhere?" Right. I'll be an advisor. An advisor, yeah, an advisory job. But you, you guys don't think around, you know, just sitting around, just fucking, you know, I don't know. Well, okay, like, I, I don't know about you. Like, and, my, right, you know, writing shit, going around doing photo, you know, doing a photo tour of this place, or you know, do something creative. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is this is creative this pursuits. Is, this is just me. But if I had enough money to retire, that would implicitly mean that I am spending a bunch of time managing my own money in retirement. Don't you feel? Have you ever felt that there's not enough time in this life to read all the books that you always wanted to read? Oh, absolutely. You know that kind of thing. Absolutely. I think that would absolutely. be fun. It is yeah. To, I mean, absolutely. most of the books that I uh, that I own, I haven't read because. How amazing you know. it would be just to have a day where you're just like, you know We're what, I'm like, going to read this book. Yeah. And not have any of the fucking you know endless. Uh, Fifty you million. Know, inter- yeah. Read attention interrupters that we have in regular life and i can just sit down and read a book cover to cover that'd be amazing uh, i i did that for a few a few times during my time off but <laughs> like, yeah i mean it, i don't know it just got old <laughs> I, i'm gonna theorize i gotta theorize here that like okay let's let's see you're doing that the next thing you're gonna want to do is and i'm gonna write down my thoughts about this book in my blog i'm gonna pod <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna record yeah. my thoughts in this podcast yeah yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's good. it's good. I mean, I do that already, basically. We're doing that now. Yeah. yeah. Learn to cook. Start a garden. I don't know. This oh, is... I would cook. I would cook so much. Cook. Cook. Yeah. No. There's a ton of shit you could do, you know? I mean, the reality is during the year off, I didn't really get around to doing much of that stuff. Well, it was COVID. Because I, I, I knew that it was a temporary fucking, you know. It was, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. And also it was COVID. You couldn't. Yeah. Like, I think you, you also kind of want to do this, like, while traveling a little bit, right? Well, I will say, I look at my parents. They're retired. They're in their 80s. They're fine, but I do think in a way that they find that uh, retired life is a little bit disappointing. I don't know if it was because of COVID, per se, mm. but it just doesn't... It's not the magical garden that, you know, maybe they thought it was going to be. I think it's, it's filled yeah. with a bit of boredom and tedium as well. And, you know, sort of purposelessness and all that stuff starts to set well, in. Well, also, when you're that old, you, there, I mean... I mean, there's the, physical right, challenges and stuff. Yeah, right, the, stuff, so. the stuff that you can do is kind of narrowed. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, they're, you know, they're in reasonably good health. They, they, you know, their minds are still great and intact. And, my, you know, my mom could be... Painting. They can still drive. They can still drive. You know, my mom is, you know, she used to love painting. I always thought that she'd pick that up again, though. My dad, I remember when he retired, he was like, yo, I'm going to start taking classes in... Uh, he said he was going to do all these classes at uh, NTU and you know Taiwan University mm. and you know, and all this this and that. Mm. Most of the time, he's just like me, farting around on the internet, you know, posting bullshit on Facebook and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, shit, he's a shit poster. You know what I mean? And I look at that and I'm like, is that good or you know, I don't know. Is that really what you guys want to do with uh, sort of like hey, this? See, see, this goes back to the, the the point I made 
you always got to be doing something other than shit posting on the internet. That's the addendum I'll add. Yeah, I, I feel like they're not as engaged in, you know, as they should be. I wish they, I mean, that's fine. It's their life. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But I just feel like they've let the boredom take over. And I, I'm not, you know, going, I don't want to go out like that. Something that surprised me was my dad started tutoring kids in Chinese, in like Chinese language. Oh, that's cool. Which that's I did cool. not expect that. That's cool. Uh, to happen. And they also like, he volunteers at like the local uh, after school tutoring for like, See, academic, like just generic academic stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. That's good. He probably feels good. He probably feels like he's he's making like a solid contribution to the community yeah. and stuff like that. He too, seems right? to so enjoy it. Like he he did he did the whole like I'm just gonna play golf thing for like three years, and then I think I mean, dude, how much fucking golf can you possibly play? Yeah, of course, right? of course. I, you and know he can't play you tennis know anymore because it's it's just you know who's doing this well is Carl Zah. I, he just posted he's like in Japan with his family learning how to shoot the really that um that Japanese bow the, the like the three meter fucking tall bow. You know? <laughs> oh, crazy! Um, yeah, he's he's he, he he's he's someone who really is able to come up with a lot of ways to spend his time in a fun way and shit post on the internet. So <laughs> he's, got, he's got the dream life, man. Looks like it. He looks like a happy guy, and and all this shit talking, he he keeps coming out tops because. He's he's picked with the winning team, motherfucker. Mm. Should have bet on red. Yeah. So every time, like, I post something sad and terrible about what happened in the United States, he just responds with like a laugh emoji, and I'm like, it's not <laughs> funny. He's like, ah, ah. It's ah. like I live here, man. How many people died? Ah, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's. I I think about that, and I'm like, yeah, that's one inspiring way to go out. Is like, you know doing whatever the fuck he's doing he's he's having fun we should all be so fortunate yeah for sure anyway any final thoughts before we wrap it up keep fighting and doing something that's my only takeaway from all of this yeah that's struggle my immediate forward. plan struggle my forward. immediate my immediate plan is just to find something new to do yeah which i'm doing on two or three different fronts so very After nice. one year of doing fuck all, uh, well, a year and a half of doing fuck all, I'm ready to get back in and start start making something of myself. We're zigging when others are zagging. Everyone's still trying to chase the tongue ping lifestyle. We've already <laughs> been there. We've done it. We've gone through the wilderness. We're going out the other side. Time to go back to the struggle. Hopefully. Hopefully. Time to struggle. Back all right, guys. Struggle. This was fun, as always. As always. Okay, cool. All right. See you guys. See y'all. See you guys.